Welcome to the Context for Christ podcast. I am your host, Jacob Garcia. This is the podcast that takes scriptures that are taken out of context, looks at them in context to give us a better understanding of God's Word. This is also the podcast that addresses biblical topics, theological topics, and false teaching. Welcome to Context for Christ. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If it's your first time, please consider following and subscribing. You can follow me on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And in today's episode, it's going to be kind of a little different. As you can tell by the title, it's going to be about my experience in reading the book Desiring God, Meditations of a Christian Hedonist by John Piper. Let me start out by saying that I believe John Piper to be a brother in Christ. This is not a critique of his ministry, not a critique of him personally. This is just my experience and slight critique of his book, Desiring God. Now, back when I first heard of this book, I genuinely wanted to read it. I was battling a particular sin at this time at this time in my life. This was about maybe over two years ago. It, it was over two years ago when I first got the book. And... I wanted to desire God more. I wanted to put this into death. I wanted to love God more. And so I saw the book and I'm like, you know what? I want to I wanna look at this. I wanted to read it. And I actually did not read it till over a year later. <laughs> so I didn't start reading the book from this present time, like today. Like I started reading it over a year ago. I started reading it and it was pretty pretty good so far you know it was the first chapter it was about you know god being a happy god he was talking about you know his sovereignty and how you know god is ultimately happy in himself and that god's chief end is to glorify himself and enjoy himself forever and with that i totally i totally agree with the book essentially he said that the chief end of man you know i think he was quoting from the i think think the London Baptist catechism or I don't quote don't don't quote me on where this is from if you if you know where this which catechism this is from please let me know it was a catechism that said the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever and that I also totally agree with and that's that was John's pipe that was John Piper's I guess you could say his the core at his teaching of Christian hedonism basically his entire premise is finding ultimate joy, satisfaction, and fulfillment in God and in who he is. As I was reading the book, I was enjoying it so far. And when it got to, I don't know what chapter this was in. I didn't, let me just, for full disclosure, I have not read the whole book. I've only read maybe to chapter three, I think. It was a section where he was talking about worship. His argument was that, God demands our emotions. And he was tying that into worship. And he was using the verse where Jesus said that those who desire to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. John Piper's argument was that to worship God in spirit was to worship him out of genuine emotion and genuine affection. When I got to that part, I started questioning because I was thinking back to when, you know, I'm in church, we're singing songs to God with my wife, we're worshiping God through, you know, the the music, 
you know, I was, I, I, I recognized that, well, probably a lot of the times when I do worship God through music or just worship him in general, I don't experience any emotion. I don't experience any affection in terms of the feelings of affection. But that seemed to me that that's what John Piper was saying. That he was saying that we need to worship God in truth, you know, the truth of what his word says, truth of who he is, which I completely agree with. Then he said that to worship him in spirit was to worship him out of genuine emotion and genuine feelings of affection. And I started asking myself, well, wait a second. If I don't feel any emotion toward God or I don't feel any affection toward God when I worship him, am I, am I truly worshiping him? Do, do I really, do I really love him? And honestly, that's it. I just started having those thoughts in my head. I started having those questions. I started questioning that. And it honestly terrified me because it started to make me think that I, I, maybe I didn't really love him. Maybe I wasn't genuine in my worship. It started to make me question my salvation. Like, well, well, if I don't, if I don't truly love God, then am am, am I even saved? It honestly just became a rabbit trail where that's where it led to for me. Questioning my love for God based on my emotions, based on my feelings of affection. And it seemed like John Piper was saying that genuine worship and genuine love was based on just pure emotion. And that led, I'm just going to be honest, without getting too explicit, I'm not going to give too much detail here, but it led to me just being depressed it led to me being confused. It caused me to have anxiety. It was just like a rabbit trail that continued. And I, I put the book down for, for a little bit. Things got back to normal as far as like my mental state and whatnot. Pressure and anxiety stuff left. But like those thoughts and questions in my head, they did not leave. They never left. They stayed in my mind. And this was something that I just secretly feared. One morning I just woke up and I just became depressed. From that moment on... Because I've I've dealt with this kind of depression before this 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 time this happened back. The last time this happened was back in about the last week of December into January. But before that time, I had dealt with this before, but it always went away within a few a couple days. But this one just continued on. It went on for two and a half weeks. I was depressed. I was dealing with so much anxiety and fear. And I went back to reading the book again, and it it didn't it didn't help at all. It really just made it worse. I've I have not gotten past the third chapter. I don't think. Long story short, it led to, like I said, just brought me to a very very dark place, to where I was questioning my love for God and basing it purely on emotion, because that's what it appeared that John Piper was saying in his book Desiring God. I just didn't know what to do. I was receiving biblical counseling. Nothing was helping. Now, some of you might be thinking that what I'm saying is is that John Piper's book, Desiring God, was the ultimate cause of my depression, of my anxiety. If that's how it seems like it's coming off, I apologize. I Maybe I should have made this disclaimer before I started speaking. But let me just clarify. I am not saying that the Desiring God book was the ultimate cause of my depression and anxiety because I had actually dealt with depression and anxiety before I even started reading the book. It was for different reasons, but I do have to say that I think in this particular incident, 
Although I don't believe that the Desiring God book was the ultimate cause of my depression, anxiety, and fear, I do think it played a factor in it. I think the ultimate cause of it was that I was believing the questions in my head. I was believing these lies in my head that if I didn't feel any emotion or any affection toward God, I didn't really love him. I think the ultimate cause of it was that I was believing these lies. And I just think that the Desiring God book played a factor in that. Now, listen, maybe you're listening to this and you've read Desiring God by John Piper. You're thinking, well, Jacob, you just misunderstood what he said. And I'm willing to grant that. Maybe I did misunderstand what he he was saying. Maybe I didn't understand. Maybe I needed to keep reading more. But quite honestly, I'm... I'm not going to go back and read it again. I, I, I refuse to. If you listen, if you're listening to this and you've read the book and it's helped you, if you've benefited from it, praise God. Okay, I'm not taking that from you. If it's helped you and you enjoyed the book and you would recommend it, recommend it to somebody, okay, awesome. Praise God. But for me personally, it just it didn't help me. It maybe started questioning all these things, and to me, it just seemed like Piper was arguing that if you weren't worshiping God out of genuine emotion, out of genuine feelings of affection, then you're not truly worshiping God. And to me, I just think he takes the emotional aspect too far. I'm not, I am not saying that emotions are not important, that we should not worship God with our emotions, when God gave us emotions, obviously. I'm not saying that we should not worship God with our emotions. But what I am saying is this. Sometimes there is no emotion. Does that mean that my worship is not genuine? Does that mean your worship is not genuine? Sometimes when, you, when you're worshiping God, whether that's through singing songs, like be honest, like you don't experience emotion every time. Some of you might experience it very often. You know, some people are more emotional than others. It's a gift from God. But it's not... It's not feasible to experience emotion or feelings of affection every time you worship God when you're singing singing a song. And if you really stop and think about it, the primary way we worship God in our everyday life is by obeying Him. It's by working. Romans 12, where he says, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. This is your spiritual worship. So we worship God primarily in our day-to-day lives through everything we do, doing what he commanded. That's how we worship God. That's how we love God. And I'm sure that John Piper wouldn't deny that. I'm sure he, he would totally agree that we do worship God with our bodies. We worship him in our work. We worship him in our day-to-day lives and everything we do. And we're supposed to glorify him in everything we do. I don't think John Piper would disagree with that. I think he would totally affirm that and believe that. I'm sure he does that in his own life. It just seemed to me that genuinely, truly worshiping God was based on whether you have genuine emotions or not. I just don't see that from the scriptures. That is definitely a way to worship God, especially if you're worshiping him through singing songs or singing hymns or singing in church. That definitely evokes evokes emotion. There's nothing wrong with that. But to say that it's not truly worship if you're not experiencing emotion every time you're worshiping God through singing, at least that's what it appeared, what he was saying in his book, I, I think it's just, I think it's, it's just wrong. And, you know, do I, would I, would I recommend this book? Absolutely not. Again, maybe I misunderstood what he was saying. Maybe I, maybe I didn't get the whole picture. I grant that. Just personally, I'm not going to pick up the book again. If you've read the book and it's helped you and it's benefited you and you enjoyed it, awesome. I don't take that away from you. I'm not going to take that away from you. That's between you and God. That's between your own personal preference. 
but personally it didn't help me and I'm not going to go back go back to to the book and just while I'm on this something else I do want to say is that the way John Piper preaches on how to find joy in Christ or you know he says he says things about you know we need to we need to see Christ as all satisfying all fulfilling it really seems that it's just based on just emotion that we're supposed to fall to our knees and start worshiping God every time we read God's word. You know, am I supposed to read God's word and then be just so struck by it that I, I have, I just have to fall to my knees and start worshiping him and start telling him how much I enjoy him and love him. It's like, who's, who does that? Maybe John Piper does, but not everyone is like that. Not everyone has the same kind of level of emotion when it comes to worship. Like, you know, I go to, I go to Apologia Church. My wife and I, you know, we worship together. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding her, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't really sing that much. I sing, but you know, I'm not like raising my hands and I'm not so overcome by emotion. I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't experience emotion sometimes. I do sometimes, but sometimes I don't. And I look at the way I look at other people in the church that are that that are singing, and you know I see I see some of them you know raising their hands and they're they're they're, they're kind of dancing, they're they're really into it, and like okay that, that that's awesome. But not everyone is like that. Not everyone is the same way. I guess my main thing is that we can't just rely solely on our emotions, and that's something I had to learn. My and that the love I have for God is not based on my emotions. The love I have for God is based on my obedience to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you love me, you will, you will, you will express emotion. He didn't say, if you love me, you'll feel it. He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We love God by obeying what he said. Even if you feel any emotion or not. Love itself is not even an emotion. There is, there is obviously some sort of affectional love, which is the kind of love, you know, you know, you feel at the at the start of a relationship but when it comes down to it genuine love is based on what you do and when it comes to loving god we love god by what by doing what he commanded us to do we love our neighbors by doing things for them meeting their needs and as men we love our wives by washing them in the word of god providing for them taking care of them protecting them it's not always based on emotion. Emotions will come, affections will come, but we need to show affection even when we feel no affection. Maybe you're listening to this and you think something's wrong with you if you don't feel any emotion or feelings of affection toward God. I just want to encourage you and tell you that your love for God is based on your obedience to Him. We don't obey God to be saved. Don't think I'm saying that. We do not obey God to earn salvation. We can't earn salvation. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And we love God because he first loved us. And so God first loves us, saves us, changes our hearts, and now gives us the desire to obey him, to love him. And we love him by obeying him. That's what our love for God is based on. It's not based on who writes the best poem to Jesus. It's not based on writing poetry about God. If you want to write poetry about God, go ahead. That doesn't really prove anything about your love for him. You love him by obeying what he said to do. As far as finding joy in God, it appears to me that the book Desiring God is geared towards those who are struggling to find joy and satisfaction in Christ. And looking back, I can honestly say that finding joy in Christ or satisfaction or contentment has never been something that I've struggled with. There obviously have been times where 
I was not content, but this wasn't like an ongoing sin that I struggled with for a long period of time. Because because what it seems like John Piper is arguing is that finding joy in God is something we must be in pursuit of. And the way to pursue that, it just seems it seems like he never really defines what how to do that. I've listened not not necessarily to sermons, but just like his podcast on this topic, and I listened to you know short clips here and there of being you know being joyful in Christ, finding ultimate satisfaction, joy in Christ, and but I've never really heard him like get practical on how to do that. It kind of just seems like he believes that. Finding joy in Christ is an end in itself. But from what I see from the scriptures is that, and not only from the scriptures, but also just from my my own personal walk with the Lord, is that I experience joy and satisfaction in Christ by obeying him. When I love my wife, when I wash her in the word, when, I, when I'm taking care of her, providing for her. And not only that, but I'm also doing it at work. I work with kids and I have to, I have to be a worker, or I have to be a Christian worker. And I do my best to work in the way that God told me to. And kids start, you know, they get into arguments and stuff like that. I really got to be sanctified in, you know, being slow to speak and slow and, and quick to listen and figure out how to deal with certain situations and handle it in a biblical way. And when I do that, I experience joy from that. Is it emotional joy? No, but it's not one of those things where, you know, I do it and then afterward I'm just like disgruntled by it or I'm, I'm, I'm upset. I'm, I'm upset that I was like, Oh, I can't believe I had to do that. Like, no, like I'm satisfied in that. And I just honestly think that from like, based on the scriptures and on my own personal life is that we find joy and satisfaction in Christ by doing what he, we commanded us to do because, because, because of the fact that you, as believers, we've been given a desire to glorify God and all, all that we do. And that's, that's like, that's my highest desire that I have is to glorify God in all that I do to fear God and keep his commandments. That's what Ecclesiastes says. He says, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the entire duty of man. And when you do that, you will be satisfied. You do that, you will experience joy. Whereas it seems like what Piper is saying is that we have to pursue joy apart from obedience. Again, maybe I'm misunderstanding. Maybe he clarifies that somewhere. Again, this is just kind of a spontaneous podcast episode. What's the main point of it? I guess I honestly don't really know, but I just hope you guys took something from this. If you know you have concerns about anything I've said, if you think I misunderstood his teaching or anything he said in his book, feel free to reach out to me if you want to. Feel free to say, hey, I think you're wrong in this, or hey, I think you misunderstood what he said here. Here's what he meant. I don't want to misrepresent him. I don't want to misrepresent his teaching. This is everything I've said about his, his teaching on this on this subject has been my opinion and just how I've perceived it. If you think I'm wrong, go ahead and reach out. If you enjoyed this episode, you enjoyed this content, please consider following me on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Please leave a five-star rating. It really helps to get this content out there. Until next time, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God bless.